Okay, just over a week to go until the NBA trade deadline, and we got big rumors with the Golden State Warriors. Plus, could the Cavs make a run in the East? And Sabrina and Steph are going to go head-to-head during All-Star Weekend. It's the Wednesday episode of Locked On NBA. Let's go. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On NBA, the daily podcast covering everything you want to know about the association. On Wednesdays, I'm your co-host, Jake Madison, at NOLA Jake on Twitter. Joined today by Hayes from Locked On Bulls, at CEO Hayes. What's going on, man? What's going on, Jake? Glad, glad to be here, man. I know. I'm excited to have you on. We got a fun show today. Kind of like a quiet night around the league. So if you want to catch up on any of the games, make sure you check out that Locked On show specifically for that team here. We're going to cover some high-level topics. And with the trade deadline just you know, a little bit more than a week away. We got to get into some of the big rumors here. Of course, though, thank you for making Locked On NBA your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday covering the biggest stories. So I think the biggest story is like the next week, right? It's just going to be trade deadline talk, isn't it? <laughs> for the most part, yeah. <laughs> for the most part here. So let's let's dive into some of the more recent rumors. One of the ones that came out the other day was about the Golden State Warriors being open to trading Chris Paul and Clay Thompson, which is surprising but not surprising you think either of those two guys has much of a market out there though i mean chris paul is always interesting because every time i think there's no market for chris paul he magically <laughs> winds up getting traded every single <laughs> every time. time every time so i would like to say no i mean he's expiring contract so i guess there's always the possibility of that like for teams that want to get get some some money off their books going into next offseason so maybe there's that possibility clay has been it's been an interesting season for Klay Thompson. I could see maybe teams talking themselves into Clay, but the bigger question is, is like, what would they be willing to give up? Because I just, even if teams are interested in either one of those players, are they really going to get something back that the Golden State Warriors look at that's going to help them more? That's, that's the, I think, the bigger question there. Yeah, I think when you look at like the Warriors, right? Like, I, I I guess if you trade Chris Paul and Clay, like you're still doing it to try and compete, right? Like, there's no point in kind of going through a teardown, a rebuild with that team with Steph Curry still there. So yeah. it just feels kind of weird, right? Not that you could even get tons of picks for those guys, right? You would imagine that if you're trading Chris Paul, it's the expiring deal is what's appealing to another team. Are they going to give up a pick for that? Because he's likely going to a rebuilding team, I would guess, with that kind of contract. They probably don't want to give up picks. So it's just kind of like, I don't know. The Warriors to me feel like they're trapped a little bit in kind of like no man's land, right? Which maybe is like the price you've got to pay for the run that they've had, which I think every franchise would be cool with. But it's like, I just can't see a way out of this for them necessarily. No, they're going to have to eat. The, they're going to have to take their medicine and it's going to taste like crap for quite a while. Like it's just, it is what it is. Like you said, the fact that uh, them and their fan base has to pay for the run. It was a great run, and they tried to, to their credit, they tried to do the two timeline things with having Wiggins, having pulled down there, and unfortunately didn't work because of reasons. And, you know, maybe they get lucky and find their way out of it, but I don't I don't necessarily see that happen. I think that this is going to be one of those things where the Warriors are, are going to have to go through a period of pain, and that pain is going to be ugly. Yeah, like, is is the pain going to be worse than this season? Like, they don't seem like they're having any sort of fun there, and they're still at yeah. times winning games with everything. So it's going to be really interesting. I can't, 
it's going to be tough to see Clay Thompson in a different jersey. Like, it's going to take a minute to wrap my head around that one, I think, just to kind of see that. And the fact that they're entertaining that idea when they've kind of openly talked about keeping those guys together, like, forever, essentially, I think says, like, the dire straits that they feel they're in and, like, almost the desperation there. Speaking of desperation, another team that's definitely going to be feeling this, particularly after getting blown out by the Atlanta Hawks on Tuesday night is the Los Angeles Lakers. They lost 138-122. Man, I, I, I can't think of a team that needs to do something more at the deadline than the Lakers. Oh, you're loving this, aren't you? <laughs> I, I'm, I hate the Lakers, so I'm always happy when the Lakers are bad. Uh, that's just a personal thing from growth. Uh, well, from growing up. But um, the Lakers, for me, are a team that, like last year, they made all those moves at the deadline, and it worked for them to a degree, right? Um, and you, but you can't. You, that's not sustainable year in year out. But that really, what it feels like they're gearing up for is another period where they're trading a bunch of a bunch of pieces to bring in new pieces. But I think also with the Lakers, the thing that's holding them back is their reluctance. I think they have like PTSD maybe from letting Alice Caruso walks. Like you hear this like reluctance to include. Austin Reeves in moves for players that are clearly better than Austin Reeves. It's just confusing because I think they could get out of it if they wanted to, but the players that they want to hold on to for dear life is going to be kind of why those trades really don't, I think have the effect that maybe they're hoping for at the deadline. Yeah. Like Austin Reeves, who's not playing as well as he did last year, right? Like yeah. he's shooting significantly uh, worse from three. You know, he just doesn't look like quite the same player. Like if they're feeling desperate here, like, look, Austin Reeves is a good player. Don't get me wrong. But like, is that a dude that's like key to your future when you also have LeBron James and Anthony Davis on your team right now? You also have, you know, LeBron's quote after the game saying, quote, we could on any given night beat any team in the NBA and then on any given night get our butts kicked by any team in the NBA. Like if that type of statement from LeBron doesn't like heap more pressure onto this team, it's, it's surprising to me. And like, I don't know, that should make probably anyone other than Anthony Davis feel like they're not going to be safe there, but they're also saddled with some like interesting contracts, right? Like you have yeah. D'Angelo Russell that like teams don't really seem like they want to take on. And it sounds like the Atlanta Hawks with Murray potentially going to LA, like they need to find a third party for D'Angelo Russell, which is, you know, easier said than done, I think. Exactly. And, and uh, you know, maybe a third team to route it and something like that. But there doesn't seem to be a huge marker for D'Angelo Russell. And to D Russell's credit, it's not like he's he's not a terrible basketball player. He's a flawed basketball player, but he's not terrible. Um, I just think that it's not going to be as easy as the Lakers maybe had thought it did come, would, would be coming into this year. We've heard basically every target that they've been rumored around has gone to other teams. We heard that they favored OG over Zach Levine, then it was maybe pivot towards Pascal. Now it's DeJounte Murray, uh, but their reluctance to include Austin Reeves is affecting that. I, I don't know if I see a way for the Lakers to get out of it, but I also said the same thing last trade deadline, and they figured out a way. So it, it, One of the things that I think does help them, right? It often seems like they get players kind of like cheaper than they should get them for, for whatever reason. But like they have at times shown like a willingness to like, let's make some moves. When I think sometimes GMs around the league are maybe a little bit too conservative that, yeah. you know, at times they're like, yeah, let's go for it. It is weird to kind of see it on the opposite end for them this year when they're like, no, maybe we don't want to do that sort of thing. Let me ask you being the Bulls guy, what's up with Zach? Levine I wish I could tell you um <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's so so I, I think it's a mixture of a few things I think that 
team, once that trade rumor came out, because keep in mind, they they rumor, reportedly got like a huge offer from the Knicks last year at the trade deadline. But once teams heard that it's basically a trade request, I think that affected it. Zach constantly being injured or, you know, being having these nagging injuries every single season here for the last three years. They keep him out for an extended period of time affects that as well. And, uh, and then the contract. I think when you look at that contract, Zach Levine, for example, was getting paid $22 million instead of $41 million. I think that they can they would have moved him by now. But the combinations of those doubts around those things and that contract has put it in a place where teams are trying to lowball the Bulls right now. And I don't know if we're going to accept that, accept a deal like that. Like the Bulls are in a place where I think they'll take a really good deal, but they're not in a place where they'll take any deal just to move Zach Levine is I think where the Bulls are right now. Yeah. Is that so let, let me ask you this. Do you think it's going to be a quiet trade deadline? Like I struggle to see some of these deals like making sense to me. Yeah, I, I think it is. I think it is. I, I unless a team which, you know, in the in the last minute rolls in there and says, hey, you know, we're willing to to go ahead and come to terms on on a deal that we previously turned down. Barring something like that, I think this is going to be a trade deadline yet again. Bulls fans have seen it now for three trade deadlines in a row if it happens this year of us not doing anything and kind of waiting for the buyout market yet again. Yeah, we'll see how it ends up going. We've got less than a week to go before the NBA trade deadline. So rumors are going to be flying. We're going to be covering it here on Lockdown NBA. All of the teams are going to be covering the trade rumors over the next couple of weeks, or the next couple of weeks, next couple of days, given that we're basically there. So make sure whatever uh, team you're a fan of, there's a Locked On there. So coming up next, Cavaliers are getting healthy. They're playing some good basketball. Could they make a run in the East? That's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On NBA. Right now, though, I'm excited to tell you about eBay Motors because our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. So whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you with players that are guaranteed to fit your roster. So let's see who Josh has picked out for us this week on eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. He says, Josh Hart. Hart should be a big winner due to the Randall injury. Could be seen a, a gigantic minute uh, minutes uptick for multiple weeks here. So if you want to l- win your league, go look for Josh Hart. Try and trade for him. Josh Lloyd from Lockdown Fantasy Basketball is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is all about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. I actually work on all of my cars. I have a classic car that I restored, drove to work today. It's on the road right now because of parts from eBay Motors just put new brakes all over the thing so with over 122 million parts for your vehicle you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly whether that's brake kits led headlights roof rack bumpers whatever your baby needs ebay motors has it and with ebay's guaranteed fit it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time or your money back and at these prices you're burning rubber not cash so keep your vehicle on the road over at ebaymotors.com ebay guaranteed fit only available to u.s customers eligible items only exclusions apply. And thank you for making Locked On NBA your first listen today and every day. We are here Monday through Friday covering the biggest stories around the association. If you want the biggest stories across all of sports, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports uh, 24-7 streaming channel. 
All right, hey, let's shift to the east here and look at the Cleveland Cavaliers. They have been on a tear recently, and they're about to be fully healthy. We're expecting Darius Garland is going to be back for him on Wednesday night. They just got Evan Mobley back. They went something like 20-4, and four, just killed the Clippers the other night. They feel like one of the hotter teams in the east, in the NBA as a whole here, right? They're just two games out of fourth and still climbing. On Wednesdays, we do real or fake. So I'm going to ask you this. Real or fake, the Cleveland Cavaliers are a dark horse to win the Eastern Conference. I think that's real. I think that's real. I, I, I do. There's something about it. Like, don't get me wrong. They're a flawed team. But I look at the Cavs and the depth that they have. If everybody comes back healthy and how dangerous that team can be. And I know, you know, Boston, Milwaukee are clear favorites now that, you know, they Milwaukee especially having a better coach in there now. New York's been killing it since that OG and Anobi trade where they're 9-1 over their last 10. But I think the Cavs, depending on how those matchups fall, there is a path for them to get, to, to get out the East. Yeah, I think so. Look, they were they were uh, fourteen and four when they didn't have Mobley or Garland here. Jared Allen is playing some of the best basketball of his career. Those role players have really stepped up in that absence. I think they're shooting the ball exceptionally well. Look, you put Jared Allen, Donovan Mitchell, and a couple shooters around him and give them space, and like good things are happening for that team. I definitely think they're going to need to figure some things out. Can Mobley and Jared Allen coexist? What's that going to look like with Garland kind of coming back in, and what role is he going to play? But they're a good defensive team, right? And I think, you know, maybe the key to this question has to do a little bit with like Doc Rivers. You know, you said like, I think Rivers stabilizes the Bucks at least in the regular season, but there's questions about, you know, is there going to be another disaster in the postseason there? You know, that could open the door, I think, for the Cavaliers a little bit, right? If you catch the Bucks at the right time or they kind of have a meltdown, which I think yeah. is conceivable, like they could do it. You know, I, I, I'm not going to put the Cavaliers above the Boston Celtics here, I think, but certainly it feels like they're kind of rising up in the Eastern Conference here. How do you think, that, like, not a matchup, say but how do you feel about them like compared to a team like philly see i mean philly of course they have joel and Embiid, and so like it, it it depends on their ability to contain that or stop everything else around them i think when you look at the front court of the cleveland cavaliers that young front court they can give joel and b fits and i think that there's there's a there's a path for them to do that i i lean towards until i see it though that philly is going to pull something out but i I think the Cavs can't compete. It's the, the biggest thing is getting everybody back healthy and then using this last two months, month and a half of the season after everybody's back healthy to really get everybody in rhythm. And if they do that, I, I can see it's going to be a, that maybe end up being the, the most fun series to watch in the Eastern Conference. So. Yeah, look, you know, Mobley almost won Defensive Player of the Year last year as yeah. a second-year player, right? Like, I don't know if anyone's really equipped to, you know, handle Joel Embiid or slow him down right now other than, like, himself and just not playing games and things like <laughs> yeah. that, right? Um, you know, but, like, he's, in a sense, the presumptive MVP or right in that discussion, if not at the exact top of it. So mm -hmm. that's still, like, a tough team for them to go through. And I do wonder if... You know, sometimes you've seen this before with other teams, right? Like sometimes you lose a player and it's addition by subtraction in a sense, even if that player's kind of talented and a team just kind of finds some magic that works, right? Like I saw with the Pelicans a number of years ago where DeMarcus Cousins went down with an injury, then they ran off something like 12 straight wins in route to the playoffs once they realized playing small and fast was the way to go, right? We've seen the Bulls play kind of better at times without Zach Levine there too. So getting these guys back as talented as they are, 
I think can be kind of difficult to try and ease them back in. And it just kind of upsets like the flow that you were in. So I wonder how that's going to work because I don't think when you've seen the Cavaliers have Mobley and Allen on the court together, it's been like world beating. They've looked very good when just one of them's on the court. So it's about finding some of that balance, I think, between those two guys. Yeah. And I mean, that's up to coaching to do that. I mean, we've seen flashes, like you said, of that happening. Can you do it consistently enough in the playoffs? And that's the that's the bigger question there. If you can do that, especially as you get further along in the playoffs, those those glaring holes become larger and larger and those adjustments become uh, more important. So uh, hopefully the Cavs can do it. I like I like the Cavs team. That's that's big come for me. I hate the city of Cleveland, by the way. Uh, but so I like the Cavs. Team. Wait, 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 like what, so what, what team what, like what cities in the NBA? What teams other than the Bulls do you like? That's two now. The late hate the Lakers. <laughs> I hate the Lakers. Don't, don't like Cleveland. <laughs> don't like I don't like Cleveland as a city. I just hate the city of Cleveland. So there's that. Okay. Um, <laughs> but who um, else is it? What, what other places are on the list here <laughs> of places that I hate? Yeah, let's go with that one. The hate list here. <laughs> I mean, let's see. I hate the Knicks. Uh, again, okay. that's a Bulls fan. I, a Bulls fan growing up in the 90s. It was ingrained in me to hate the Knicks. Um, I hate the Miami Heat. <laughs> so, so there you go there. Um, <laughs> we're up to four. Yeah, we're up to four. That's really that's really about it. I like most other teams, but those teams are teams that I just absolutely hate. And and if I did root for them, my father may take me off his will. So there, there's that. Oh, yeah, we can't have that. We don't, yeah, we don't want any fam family drama here on yeah. <laughs> Locked On NBA. I'm going to laugh in like the next segment. You're like, oh, by the way, I also hate this city and I hate this team. And it's going to be like, what? all right, there we go. Um, another team that's like starting to get a little bit healthy here. You saw Tyrese Halliburton play. So if you want more on him, go check out Locked On Pacers. Limited minutes. They were competitive, I thought, against the Boston Celtics here. How's getting him back kind of changed the fortunes and the outlook for the Indiana Pacers. I mean, he's the key to everything there, right? Like he he's their 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 superstar there. And um I think making that trade that they made for Pascal Siakam is going to be important, but you need to get him and and Halliburton on the same page. So getting Halliburton back healthy, um again kind of like what I said with the Cavs like using this last leg of the season to really get get their chemistry together as much as you can within the season to gear up for a playoff run. I think it's going to be important. Um, I don't know if they're going to, they're going to be able to catch enough steam to really go up into maybe that top four in the Eastern conference. I know there's not a lot of space between those teams, but all those teams I think are in a better place to kind of launch off. But the, the Pacers are going to be a dangerous team here to end the season. And it's all about getting that chemistry right with those two players. You brought Pascal there for that reason. And if you can do it, I think I think they're another team that can play spoiler in the first uh, first round of the playoffs. They're at least going to be like a tough out, right? Like yeah. if you draw them in the first round, you might think you can win the series, but like you're going to be so annoyed that it's going to go like six games when you were hoping for like a sweep or a five game win, or even if it goes seven, something like that. I agree. I, I wouldn't put them in that top four with some of those teams. I think they're maybe another move away. You know, they have that kind of expiring deal in Buddy Heald that could be an interesting trade chip for them. You know, it's kind of wild to me talking about the Cavaliers and the Indiana Pacers of like, like Jared Allen had been rumored to be on the trade block for so long. Like Miles Turner has been forever on the trade block with yeah. things. And now it seems like both of those guys are untradeable given how their teams are playing, which is just kind of like funny where you go from very, very expendable to almost 
overnight not being that way. <laughs> yeah, that it's it, that's how it happens. Like it's all about the moment and like how because a, a slight change to a roster can really change how much you need or depend on a player, make a player that maybe you looking at possibly being on the outs, being a big part of it, and you know seeing how everything's going to fit together with the Pacers is going to be important. Um, let, let me ask you this question: Do you think that the Pacers, if by the luck of the draw, we still got seeding things? Can you see them getting past a team and making maybe playing upset against like the Philadelphia 76ers? Do you think they could do that? Or do you think they're just going to end up being one of those teams that we say is a tough out fun series come back next year? That's a really good question. You know, I think the team they probably have the best chance of going against would be like the Boston Celtics, right? Like them mm. going out and getting Siakam seemed like a move to kind of counter Boston a little bit. And that's a team that they've played pretty well throughout the season, I think. You know, they lost 129-124 on Tuesday night. They were competitive in that one. It came down to the very end. They seem to play that team really tough. And so if you get kind of the like in-season tournament magic from Halliburton again, you have the added depth now there and the extra player in Siakam. Like, I think that's the type of thing that could maybe lift them past. I, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I think if you're looking at like the top three seeds, like... I don't think Miles Turner is going to do the best job against Joel Embiid. I think he's yeah. so dominant. That's going to be tough. But against the team in the Boston Celtics with Horford there and some of the other guys, like, yeah, I think you have enough talent to at least make that series, like, much more interesting. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I, I think that's the Pacers are, are a team that I like. I like watching them play basketball. But I just I don't know how to really assess what type of, of – success I think they, they can have in the postseason I, I we got to wait and see yeah I'm, I'm with you I think you've got to see that chemistry develop a little bit more and see like does the defense improve are they is it constantly going to be like a high scoring shootout they can yeah. fix that a little bit I think that's kind of what stabilizes them and makes them a whole lot scarier so coming up next we let's talk a little bit of all-star because this is fun sabrina unescu and steph curry gonna go at it in a three-point shootout i think we need more things like this let's talk about it coming up here next in today's episode of locked on nba Right now, though, I'm excited to tell you about LinkedIn Jobs. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with, and that's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. And LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn is a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which means it's the best place to hire. And hiring is easy when you have that many qualified candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. You got to fill those roles. You don't want things to happen to your business. LinkedIn Jobs is going to make it easier. And it's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. Because they know that small businesses are wearing so many hats and you might not have the time or resources to do all of the hiring. So thankfully with LinkedIn, the process is quick and easy. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MBA. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MBA to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. 
And thank you for making Locked On NBA your first listen today and every day. We are here Monday through Friday, breaking down everything you want to know around the association. Rotating hosts here got Hayes filling in with me from Locked On Bulls. Normally, John Corrales there covering the game that the Celtics beat the Indiana Pacers. And if you want to know more about all of the games that happened, go check out the Locked On show for that. All right, we got some fun news here. Let's end the third segment on a little bit of fun here with the All-Star Game, which has kind of, I think, lost some of the like luster that it used to have, some of the shine. But I love what's happening here. It was announced the other day that Sabrina Ionescu and Steph Curry are going to go head-to-head in a three-point shootout. Like, this is what we need during All-Star break, right? Like, I actually think this is like more intriguing than almost like anything else out there. I completely agree with you. Like, this is one of the things I'm most excited about. Once it was announced, I was like, "That's per- that makes perfect sense. It's like, such a good idea. But we, we just have to do more things that are just fun. Like, let's just do fun things. It's All-Star Weekend. It's all about the pageantry. It's all about the event. It's all about people coming out to celebrate, see some of their favorite players, these larger-than-life characters come out there and do, do crazy things. So... I love that they're doing this. I think this is one of the the, the best things of, of the weekend headed out to. And I would love to see them really integrate. I, I don't know about, about, about you. We haven't really talked much uh, about it. But, like, I'm a huge WNBA fan. And so, like, seeing the ladies get to come out on this stage and, and, and Ionescu, who's just an amazing shooter, I think is a great, great uh, decision there. Yeah, you know, it's like, so I'm not the biggest WNBA guy, but getting more and more into it a little bit like every single year. But this is a great way to like elevate the league, right? Like if you want them to have more notoriety, more exposure, all of those things, do something like this with one of the top stars in the league and Steph Curry, right? Like I think this is absolutely fantastic. Also, like I think we got to give Steph a ton of credit here, right? Like how many big name players would dodge something like this for fear of losing and then being embarrassed? Right. And Steph Curry here is like, yeah, let's do it. You know, they said the rules were going to be he shoots from the three point line, the NBA three point line. Sabrina shoots from the WNBA three point line. She then went on Twitter and was like, no, I'll shoot from the NBA one, which like I I love love that. Right. Like the confidence there is awesome. But like, I don't know, like we've never seen LeBron in a dunk contest. We presume it's because like if he doesn't have a good showing, it kind of like hurts his brand and things like that. Right. Like this is something that I think a lot of players like wouldn't necessarily do. So like, I don't know, I want to give Curry a ton of credit for going out and doing something like this. Yeah, I'm putting the ego aside, just doing it for the, I mean, both of them, even her shooting from the NBA three-point line, like just doing it for the love of the game. Now, the question here that I have, and I've been trying, I tried to find this, I couldn't find it, maybe I just missed it. Is she shooting with the NBA ball or WNBA size ball? I think they said WNBA size ball. I'm not sure, though. That's a good question, though. It's got to be there somewhere, but yeah. Yeah, like, I don't know. I think it's just, like, a fun thing, right? Like, it's yeah. not an apples-to-apples comparison here between the two players. But, like, do more fun stuff. Like, All-Star Weekend has definitely lost some of, like, the star power, the fun with it, right? Like, you've got to do something to kind of, like, juice it up a little bit. The game, you know, even go into the Elam ending and other things like that, winning the quarters. They're doing anything they can, right, to try and make it more competitive, more fun, and not just, like, the dunk contest during a game that we've seen. Yeah 
yeah. in the layup lines and things like that. I don't know. More things like this, I think, are, are definitely something that can help. I, I'm excited also for the Rising Stars game, I think. You know, the rookies and sophomores and G League players were announced mm-hmm. the other um, on Tuesday as well. Look, anything that gives me more Victor Wembenyama and Chet Holmgren, <laughs> like, I am excited about. You throw in, like, Bancaro in the mix and all of this. I don't know. Like, that game has, you know, potential. And, like, the mini games that they play in different teams and things has potential, I think, to be really fun and to showcase a lot of talent around the league as well. And that's what this weekend should be about, right? It's a showcase. And so, uh, you know, I know that it's the NBA's had difficulties, like really making it an event like it was at one point in time because of people who compete or do not compete in things like the dunk contest. But I think that, that the NBA, if they are open to trying more things like this and this ends up being a success, I think you can really make uh, All-Star Weekend another must-watch thing because I, I know for, like, me, I'm going to watch everything basketball but for, like, a lot of my friends, even my dad, who's a huge Bulls fan, but, like, he checks out All-Star Weekend. He may tune in for the game for the first half or the, or the second half, but he doesn't really tune into the dunk contest, the three-point contest. I think things like this and making it more fun, highlighting your stars, like you said, you got Wimby, who's just such a a talent, and everybody wants to just see Wimby that, you know, you use it to the best of your ability. Yeah, I think it's also like these type of events and things are good for keeping like fans of teams that aren't being the most competitive, like Mm -hmm. kind of interested in it, right? Like the Pistons have, you know, Duran and Ivy on the sophomores team. I think that's kind of an important thing, right? Bancaro being there is going to keep the Orlando Magic fans kind of engaged. You get a lot of things like that that I think really is able to kind of just raise the profile and like just, I don't know, be something good for like everybody here and keep all teams kind of interested in their fans interested because that's really what it should be as you said like a showcase but man go more outside of the box thinking here i don't know what they could do similar to this one with sabrina and steph but i am all for anything like this that's going to highlight some of the best players you know i wonder if you could pull international players in i think you just have so much fun with some of this stuff and yeah i like that they're taking this step yeah, I think one thing that they could do is they can incorporate WNBA players in the skills competition as well because one thing about women, women in the WNBA, they are some of the most fin- fundamentally sound players yeah. all up and down those rosters. So that's something else that they can look to do eventually. No, that's a great idea. Like, I think more integration between both leagues like this to really kind of raise one another up is an important thing. And like, you know, for people who are like very involved with NBA Twitter, right, you're seeing WNBA gain popularity every single year, even on a month to month basis. I think that's important. So seeing something like this is going to get people really excited and, and help with just everything and be a little bit inspiring as well. So I love it. Happy to see it. I'm looking forward to it forward to it to all-star weekend and that's going to do it for this episode of locked on nba on wednesdays i'm your host jake madison at nola jake on twitter got hayes here from locked on bulls at ceo hayes thanks for filling in man anytime man anytime uh should be nick angstad and your buddy pat the designer tomorrow make sure you tune in make sure you subscribe to locked on nba wherever you get your podcast and on youtube as well and we'll see y'all next time